Coming to you from the FlexFox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick the Man Penner, and I'm joined once again by my regular co-hosts, WizKid Jeremiah Johnson and handsome Jamil Hassan. Guys, it's great to be back with you. The gang's all here. Yeah, uh, it's nice to have uh, the band back together, so this should be a fun one. And we have some legit theme music, so <laughs> we've really yeah, I, th- I think I figured out how to use the uh, soundboard feature uh, of this program, which is very exciting. I hope you all at home were able to hear that uh, sweet intro music. Just using the free demo stuff that it came with for now, but uh, hopefully we can expand our soundboard repertoire. Yeah, we're already off to a good start for this episode. New sound, and let's go. <laughs> Well, uh, the best part of the new soundboard is, of course, the fact that when someone makes a very good point, uh, such as when I say that, hey, look, I beat Garth McInnes, two McInneses in two. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, here comes the horns already. <laughs> wow. We're like Tim and Sid. <laughs> uh, definitely going to abuse that one. I make no apologies. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, no, wow. there's no there's no need for apologies when you use the horns, my friend. <laughs> I wonder what other sound- <laughs> I wonder what other sounds there are though. I really can't. Well, do, yeah. Do you want to just go through them right now? We only have five. Uh, you already heard the intro music. We already heard the air horn. Uh, we have something called dramatic piano. <laughs> we can do that when we talk about someone's playoff chances. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is perfect. Every time someone gets eliminated, now we get to give them a dramatic piano send off. Yeah. Uh, we also have drums, which, you know, great for our sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, and we have one that's just called Ballpark, which uh, I guess is appropriate for this show. That's nice. I don't know where that's going to go, but that's nice. Well, I mean, you never know the situation. If we need, like, a quick transition, we can just hit him with a... That's Perfect. nice. That's nice. Uh, well, I mean, now that we're so set up, I feel like we got to just jump right into it with the uh, the matchup I already kind of tipped off there a little bit, uh, which is my matchup with Garth McInnes, uh, a very exciting one for both teams, obviously, uh, coming off a, a big win for me against Cam in Week 10. Uh, and I was able to win again, uh, another big win for me, uh, beating Garth McInnes 251.2 to 242. Uh, I I can't lie. Uh, I was a little bit nervous with this one coming into the home stretch. Uh, I knew that I had a potential for a big Sunday with a bunch of starters lined up. Uh, I felt pretty good. Uh, there were a, a bit of disappointments earlier in the week, though, so I was a uh, you know I didn't want to blow it, but uh, luckily I was able to see that one out and come through with a big win. Well, this is not to like taint your victory, but it did take you eleven starts to beat him by ten points. So, like, I kind of wonder if this is more of, like, better roster management on your part than it is, like, Garth actually... Or you actually being better than Garth, per se. Like, you, you did load up on Sunday starts, to your credit. But if Garth had 11 starts, he definitely would have won the matchup. He just didn't... He's not active enough to get 11 starts, you know? 
Yeah, I, I mean, that's completely fair. Uh, I also had some really bad luck. Uh, I had Adam Wainwright losing 13 and a half points in a single start, which was fucking brutal. So, like, I mean, I, I don't think, especially compared to weeks 9 and 10, where my team really played up to its potential, I don't think this was as good of a week for me, you're right. But, I mean, I was lucky in that the, the 11 starts came through just at a prime time to really help me out with this win. Yeah, I was looking at that uh, matchup. Uh, it looked like it was going to be... You know, an upset on guard's part, but it was pretty close. I think uh, I forget who came up through to give you the extra ten points or, uh, to give you the lead. But I actually thought Garth was gonna pull it off, but you know, the man's on a roll. <laughs> Uh, well, it was actually like really close going into Sunday Night Baseball, uh, and we each had a couple players in the game, but uh, luckily for me, Jose Altuve and Brian McCann and Carlos Beltran all hit well, the three of them. So uh, that ended up being the distant uh, difference. So praise to the Astros. Yeah, the Astros uh, saved you there. Yeah. Really good last, luck last year. Uh, maybe more in line luck this year. Uh, although I will point out that this is to the 242 points he dropped this week was actually his highest point total of the season. So, I mean, I'm not shedding too many tears for him if that's, uh, like, the best he's capable of. I mean, when you're buoyed by, like, Matt Davidson, someone that you picked up off the <laughs> waiver wire, your, your team's probably not very good. But I'm sure Garth knows this. He doesn't listen to our awesome podcast, but I'm sure that somewhere, I mean, I went to graduation with Cam and I was promised a meet and greet with this man and, mm-hmm. and I was let down. I was let down handsomely. He, he was not there or I did not meet him. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That so, would have been like, like the perfect opportunity. I know. I know. <laughs> give, give me all your players, but no. No, they, you couldn't even sell or nothing. No, I. You know what? I don't. Cam said he wouldn't trade it. Like he doesn't want to trade at all. He wants like the purest of rebuilds. So. Mm. See, I I think that there should be like, uh, if we we should have a league charity auction, and the top prize can be like you get to have a thirty minute conversation with Garth McInnes. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like we can't get rid of him as an owner because like his mystique is just like this thing where like, you just want to know about him, but he never opens up. And it's just kind of like part of the league fabric, you know? Oh, it, like, it's incredible. I, I love it that, you know, we've just got a guy who's completely removed from everyone else in the league and is very mysterious. But also, like, somewhat good, or at least he was historically. Not Maybe not so much now, but I, I just love what he brings to the, the table, even if it's not wins right now. Like, if his team actually made the playoffs, it would be kind of interesting. Like, yeah, like yeah. see if, if you'd actually, you know, stream starts or stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, let's see if he streams in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did it in the past, so he might not do it again. So I don't know. Uh, you never know. He's a wild card. <laughs> so uh, next up in this. Teams over 300, maybe a couple within, you know, 10, 20, 30 points of each other. This week, though, blowing away the competition, Jeremiah putting up 355.8. No one else topped 300. Huge week for you, Jeremiah, and obviously more than enough to beat Wendy. Uh, What are your thoughts after such a uh, dominating performance? That's the word. 
Well, we took last week's podcast as bullets and board material here at, <laughs> at, at team headquarters, and uh, yeah, decided to to light some up. I mean, honestly, I, I wish we saved some points for this week, but I won't complain. I my offense was great, I guess. Right, two hundred and forty six points. So mm. it's not my team's not this good, but it is fun to watch, and I feel bad for Wendy who had a good week. Yeah, uh, Wendy putting up uh, over 200 points, 213, but obviously not enough for the win. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, you see everyone says they want to save this for uh, the most important matchup this kind of a week. But, I mean, at the same time, do you think that, like, especially with everything else going on in the league, to, to make such a statement and to really put yourself back in the, the overall conversation, is is that a good thing for you and your team? Well, I just, I mean, not to get into a beef here, but I just disagree with, I, I didn't get to hear a lot of what you guys said because the audio wasn't great, but I just disagreed with the, the fact that you, you have to go for it, right? Like, I don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, well, a lot of teams go for it every year and only one team can win, right? So if you don't think that you have a clear shot at winning, why bother? Why not, you know, reload or rebuild until you can get there, right? And so... I know my team. I don't think my team's a mess. I mean, I disagree with the statement, but I have an influx of youth and old talent, and I'm hoping to still be competitive, but be competitive for longer, right? I, I think to be fair, I, I think it was Nick who called your team a mess, not myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I was just like confused to the fact that like you worked really hard in the off season to kind of build your team to like you know a contender like it was which it was on paper it was really well constructed it was it looked good and you were on a having a good season so i was just really confused because once you're in the playoffs like anything can happen right so when your team is especially like you know where you were like seven and three and you're built you know to win and it was just puzzling to me that's that that was all (laughs) so like the only player that i actually regret trading was Paul Goldschmidt because like everyone else to some degree was like a struggling or hurt player. Like Carlos Gonzalez was like very bad. So it was like players like that where I'm like, there's no way I'll be able to compete with these players for more than this year that I thought I want to be able to compete for more than just this year and be a playoff team for more than just one year. And so when I was able to turn Paul Goldschmidt into like other serviceable assets that I thought were very good, I I mean, I thought it was worth it. Yeah, like, oh. like, like when you made that trade, I still thought, you know, you were still going for it. So like, just the the trades after that was just kind of like you know the shock shocking thing from myself and probably from the rest of the league. So that was all. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to know where the sound effect is for when Jamil just threw me under the bus there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he sidestepped that train. I just <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. Like, <laughs> it's true though. Like, I I mean, I don't know what the audio said, but. For the most part, but I don't think Jamil said too many negative things. No, it was mostly me and Dash piling on you. But like, I mean, I guess just well, I guess my question then is like, as of today, when we're recording this, June nineteenth, in the year of our Lord twenty seventeen, would you say that you are rebuilding or trying to contend? See, I I don't know why it's a binary. Like, I don't understand why teams can't do both. Like, why can't you contend while reloading with younger pieces? Right? Like, like for example, and this is maybe apples and oranges here. Like flex sold off some of his older players for younger players, but still plans to contend. Like, he's 7-4, and four, he's trying to make the playoffs, but he understands that, like, Ben Zobrist and, like, 
I forget who else he traded. Um, John Lester are like getting over the hill and he wants to get younger assets to keep his team competitive long term, right? That's kind of a similar thing to what I did. Like Paul Goldschmidt, maybe he's not over the hill, but he's going to be 30 years old. And to me, Trey Turner was like a top 30 player. You know, Bellinger has been really good. Like these are younger assets that I can put in my lineup. And maybe I'm not like, I don't have a top five player anymore, but I have maybe two or three top like 30 players. Sure, I like I did trade away closers. That that's true. Um, Kelvin Herrera was struggling, and and Kinsner I just don't really believe in. But like for the most part, I, I'm making tweaks to my team to reload to be younger and be while still trying to be competitive. You know? Yeah, fair. Um, I guess you're right that it's not a true dichotomy. But would you say your priority is trying to win a championship this season or trying to win a championship in future seasons? Okay, my priority would be to win a championship in future seasons. Um, I I just didn't think like when I when I was looking around the league like right now, and I was six and one before I made this like this these moves. I mean, Ryan is like a beast. Like I think we can all agree that like Ryan is clearly a title favorite to win. He's probably the team to beat. Yeah. Um, but that's not even like the half of it, right? Like Cam is also very good. Like his record is eight and three, but he is ahead of me in points. Um, Richard is 10 and one for whatever that's worth. And Jamil has a really good team too. So, I mean, it's always going to be like that, but I just thought the competitive dichotomy of the league this year seemed much higher than like last year when I remember it, like last year, there was like two or three good teams. But if you were in those two or three good teams, like you had a legitimate shot of winning. Right. And then there was everyone else. Whereas this year, I feel like it's just a lot more competitive and I could have lost in like the first round. And then what? Like then it's hard to sell off those pieces. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I, I will say I, I still have a hard time seeing that. I mean, in terms of overall points, you're third in the league. You've been the top-scoring team, uh, I believe, three or four weeks in the 11-week the season so far. So, I mean, I, I definitely do think that, like, even still right now, you're one of the most competitive teams, uh, and you have a very real shot of winning the championship. But uh, I guess, you know, it's uh, it's also important to have balance with these things, have a, a foresight to it, and uh, really try and be in a position where you don't have to unload a lot of guys on, after the season or try and make moves uh, for future teams. Well, like, I will say that, like, before we move on to the next matchup, that, like, me and you are, like, polar opposites in this sense, right? Like, when I look at your roster, your roster is full of a lot of, like, well, not so much anymore, but it was full of aging players, like, you still have, like, a Carlos Beltran on your roster, a Victor Martinez, for example, right? Like, you're fine competing every single year with whatever age players you wish, because that's your strategy, right? But I was the kind of guy who, like, my roster was set ready for keepers in the offseason by, like, December. Like, and I, I like young talent. That's just the way I, I like to operate my team, right? And a lot of the league, I think, would agree that young talent is what they like. And then there's also that faction of teams that compete with older talent, right? Like Chow and Kaminsky and yourself, Jamil. So it's just it's just kind of like two different ways of doing things, right? Mm. Like you've won six in a row, so clearly your way is also good. Clearly six, like a legitimate way, five in a row. But it's just two different ways, I would say. Yeah, but at the, the end of the day, what's most important is the overall production of players. Yeah, And so it's great to have, you know, to trade away uh, and get back a guy who you think is going to be a, a top 10, top 5 guy in a, in a couple of seasons. But to give up a guy who's already a top guy now, uh, I'm not sure that that's a move that, I mean, even teams that are trying to get younger would be making in a lot of cases. 
Wow, man, have you seen Cody Bellinger lately? Man's on fucking fire. I'm not missing <laughs> Goldschmidt at all. Look at this guy, 16 points tonight. Wow. Um, there you have it, I guess. The, the proof is in the pudding. The dude's got like nine home runs in seven games. How can we argue with this production, Nick? <laughs> I think I got like, a notification saying he's like the fastest player ever to like 21 home runs, I think. So. Yeah, he's, he's like hitting the ball more than Gary Sanchez was last year. Like, that's insane. But I, I, I see your point. Like, I see that that maybe it didn't make a lot of sense. But luckily, uh, that's what's the fun part about our league, right? You can blow up your team midseason while you're really good. And, uh, and it'll, You'll never know, too. It'll be funny enough, like, if you do actually end up going all the way and winning. So you'll be the first team to, you know, do both. And, like you said, <laughs> right? So... <laughs> Yeah, well, and I mean, that, I guess that's the, the, you're right. The good thing about fantasy baseball is that, you know, you get to make your bed and lie in it. Uh, so, moving on to, uh, I think, the matchup that people would consider to be the matchup of the week, just because of how extremely close it was, right down to the wire, uh, which is Jeffrey Chow versus Chris Kennedy, uh, where Jeffrey Chow was the winner by the thinnest of margins, uh, winning 276.7 to 276.1 for Chris Kennedy. Uh, I mean, an absolute... Uh, you, do, you cannot script it any closer than this, especially with Chris's late comeback on Sunday ultimately falling short by such a narrow margin. Uh, what, what do we think about this one? Man, like, I feel so bad for Chris. Like, prior to, like, Chow winning, like, completely, I, we, we were talking, to, uh, talking about how I was giving him props to, you know, completing the comeback i was like yes i need you to beat chow for me and all that stuff but then ironically enough craig kimbrell was the one that beat him which he previously owned so it's it's a tough loss (laughs) you know what though like another funny thing is like if he didn't play this kenyan middleton character (laughs) he also would have he would have had oh no that would have been worse like if he had lost by point one is that worse that might be worse like would you would you rather lose by 0. 0.6 or whatever, or lose by a hundred? Uh, uh, well, see, I think my heart could probably handle a hundred better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like in a, an absolute sense, I guess 0. 0.6 is better, but like I just oh. And it, and it actually cost them uh, like a. A close call in real life baseball actually cost him the win. Like, I think if you guys saw that play with Altuve at the plate, I think if he was safe, he, Kimbrel doesn't come in, right? So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, the Benintendi throw. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good teams find a way to win, though. Um, Chow didn't even use seven starts, so like. I still think Chow's a better team. I think you guys talked about this last week. Like he's he's heating up, and it's only a matter of time with him. Yeah, well, and I mean, I I will say, like as bad as I feel for Chris losing this one, I think this is a good win for Chow. Uh, Chow's had a lot of bad luck this season. He's had some bad breaks with his team, so for him to be able to squeak out a, a close win and you know get that much closer to being five hundred and that much closer to being competitive, I think that's really big for him. And so props to him on that one. And I think it's like it's more even more tough for Chris that his offense hit I think six home runs on Sunday and still lost, right? So like what more can you do at that point? So <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's like I'm there. I mean, in fantasy football, it's always the stat corrections you got to watch out for, right? So mm-hmm. maybe there's uh, something, uh, a breeze in the wind. But uh, if only this one had been a tie, eh? I'd, I'd love to see that. What would even happen? Like, I don't even know how that works. Have we ever had a tie in the league history? I'm not. I'm not even sure. Good question. I'll do some research on that one real quick. Uh, if you guys start talking about our next matchup already, uh, another good one, which was Flex Fox, uh, the often dour Flex, uh, is looking better than ever now with another big win, uh, putting up 256.7, uh, enough to defeat Ian, who had 197.1. Uh, that moves Flex to 7-4, and four, uh, If in case anyone hasn't been watching. He's on a, a four-game win streak now. Uh, how are we feeling about our man Flex? Uh, he's looking like the flex of old recently. So, like, a couple of wins in a row like this, he could quickly be back to, like, you know, a serious threat again, like he was once in the beginning of the season. I mean, I'm honestly not impressed. And that's that's not, like, anything personal. I just... I'm not impressed. I don't know. Like, I just think that what's what's going on with him is he's winning against, good, like, shitty teams. Like... If you look at his points against, he is the fourth lowest in the league. Now, I'm third, which is, you know, whatever. But Flex is also, like, seventh in points for, which tells me that, like, he's not that great of a team, and he's not beating good teams, right? Like, he's not scoring a lot of points. He's barely getting by. And beating Ian with 250 points is nice, but, like... Does it mean he's the flex of old? I I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't know. Like I, I just said that in the in the sense of like he's actually winning matchups that he should be winning because like I think his four losses came against really bad teams as well. So that's yeah. That's kind of what I meant. Like he should be putting away Ian, you know, in a convincing like, sixty point fashion like like he usually does. But I wouldn't I wouldn't go on the limb and saying like he's back to like you know, like a top number one seed like he was last year, but he's trying to get there with this mini streak that he's had. Well, like, not to talk smack here, but, like, when I put him down this week with my mess of a team, <laughs> then uh, we won't have to worry about whether he's flexible, I don't think. Okay, we, we gotta see, you gotta save your, your smack talk for when we talk about next this week's matchup, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Producer Jamil here. <laughs> Well, I, I do think that, though, like, if you look at Flex's schedule, it's clear that he's backloaded his year because he still has to play Jeremiah, Jamil, Chow, Kaminsky, Ryan, and myself. Uh, and he has RKR and Garth Newton in there, too. So, like, he has to play basically all the good teams in the league, and he's only going in 7-4. and four. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, this is sort of the flex of old in that he's winning the matchups he should, but I, I have a, a tough time thinking that he's going to be able to keep it up for very much longer unless he's really upping his point totals in weeks to come. Like, maybe this is a hot take, but I still think Flex misses the playoffs. Like, the, I've looked at his schedule, like Nick just mentioned it. Like, okay, he, I don't think he beats Brian. I don't think he beats Jamil. I think he's going to have a real tough time with Nick and myself. Like, even if he splits 500, let's say, right? And that's how many ga- How many weeks are left? Eight, I think? Yeah. So he's going, like, 11 and 7. Yeah, he'll make the playoffs at that. But, like, it's potentially possible he gets absolutely railroaded the last, like, eight weeks and goes, like, 2 and 8 and doesn't make the playoffs. So, random question. Who do you guys think out of the two teams will miss the playoffs? Adam or Kaminsky? 
Kaminsky's really shit right now. He's five and six. Yeah. Adams seven and four. But like like Nick just explained this uh, Adam's schedule, it's looking like your your hot take will it could happen. I I still think Kaminsky is less likely to make the playoffs just because like he's lost four in a row. He doesn't really seem to give a shit. Like he's not actively looking to make moves. I know he was on vacation and, and things, right? But like Mike Trout's hurt, Brantley's hurt. Um I don't know, you gotta make moves on in times like this, right? Like he's got prospects he can move, he's got you know, guys he could move. So if Mike doesn't make a move, Mike's probably not making the playoffs, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the the current, like, the two-win gap already is a big thing, but, like, Kaminsky's team has just kept spinning its wheels, and it really has not gotten a lot of traction at any point. So it's tough for me to, even if he's coming back and making lots of big trades, it's hard for me to see him overcoming the gap that already exists. Yeah, when you're occupying a DL spot, like, with Houston Street instead of Mike Trout, uh, something's wrong there. Yeah, and I mean, he doesn't pick anybody up, basically. So, I don't know. Uh, continuing on, then, i uh, got a couple more big matchups to talk about. Uh, the one that I think before this week everyone would have uh, mentioned as the matchup of the week uh, ended up being a lot more one-sided than I think people thought it was going to be. Uh, Ryan was more than able to defeat Cam, winning 297.4 to 226.6. Uh, that puts Ryan up. He's now 9-2. and two. Cam is falling down to 8-3, and three, breaking that tie. Uh, what do we think after that one? Uh, I know you said, both of you previously, that uh, Ryan's one of the the best teams in the league, but does this sort of cement him as number one over Cam? Um, well, I mean, Ryan's team is, is obviously really good. I, I think Ryan's won both matchups against Cam, hasn't he? Like, they played twice this year, and I think Ryan's given Cam yeah, two losses. Both, yeah. So, there's that. There's the fact that Cam just doesn't feel the full lineup of players. And I mean, as terrible as 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 it is to say this, like Nick, you've been calling this for a while. Like the pitching does catch up with you. Uh, Biagini got rocked. Like some of his pitchers didn't pitch very well, right? Like Buck Farmer got absolutely destroyed. So it's just kind of the risk you run, right? When your streaming starts in a league that's using different baseballs to to play with now. <laughs> so. Par for the course, but Cam will be back. Yeah, like, I had, we all, I think last week we all had Ryan still winning. But, yeah, like like you said, like, there's the big risk uh, with the way Cam's kind of running his team. And it showed the last two weeks now that that these risks can, you know, give you give you the L's. So, I might be on the next side here about Cam's team where, like, I'm not a fully on board. Like, I was when he's pulling up high point totals like he was the last couple of weeks, but now with 226, it's kind of, it's kind of like showing that. Yeah. I mean, from my point of view, like it's a situation, like you guys already said everything I wanted to say, but I mean, from my point of view, Cam has to either find some hitters. He can replace his, 
existing guys with who can actually like hit consistently enough that you're not getting weeks where they're effectively doing nothing or losing you points and he needs to find a couple more pitchers to anchor that rotation because his idea is not terrible like we've, we've said it all along i've never denied that in theory it's a it's an idea that could work well but you need to have a couple of guys who you know are going to be able to get you good starts. And right now, the guys he has are not able to deliver that on a regular enough basis, which means that when he has the predictable couple blow-ups every week, that just really hurts his point total. Uh, you saw it last week, you saw it this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw it next week, too. And uh, I know that uh, Ken's big response is going to be a, a B-A-B-I-P or whatever, but uh, the L is the only thing that matters, my friend. Oh, time to bring out the horns. Can I, can I horn myself? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I think you should just do it next time. Asking just like takes away the cred. Well, I, I don't want to, you know, toot my own horn. <laughs> well, you, you did it last week. Might as well do it again this week. So. <laughs> like, uh, before we move on, like we all agree though that Cam's team is like. A legitimate like top five team in the league though at this rate yeah well if you it's it's his, you know uh, you catch cam on a good week then he's got one of the top five top two teams in the league if you catch him on the bad week he's bottom 10 like it's as simple as that yeah yeah fair that's fair and so if his whole plan is to, like, string together three good weeks in the playoffs, he needs a team that's capable of doing that. He doesn't have one. Yeah, this is, like, just harsh reality right now. <laughs> it's just I, I only tell people the truth. I, I'm, I'm not bullshitting him. Yeah. I, I'm trying to help him. He's a friend. He needs my help. Does he listen to the show? Do we know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Well, Cam, if you're listening, I still think your team's good, but... Next drop in truth on you. Time to make some. There's just been a lot of like inactivity in the league. Period, though. Like, when's the last time we saw like a big trade? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we can talk about more about that at the halftime break. Okay. But, uh, I I think it's an interesting situation for sure. Uh, another interesting situation is the result of the matchup between Garth Newton and Jeffrey Lim. Uh, Jeffrey Lim, formerly the hottest team in the league. Uh, not really looking so hot now, though. He uh, managed to put up 186.1 points, whereas Garth Newton, thanks to a Father's Day miracle, uh, put up 204.2, which was good for the win in this one. So uh, Garth Newton gets the W, Lim gets the loss. They're both 3-8 and eight now. Uh, any thoughts coming out of this one? Uh, no. <laughs> well, we were all rooting for Lim, but... Logan Watson's we? uh, third. Well, I was. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I wanted him to kind of keep up this, keep him like upsetting teams. Like it's it's a it's a good you know gimmick. So <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an opinion about Lim other than like his photo creeps me out. <laughs> like that's some like wild wilderness Ryan Neeson thing going on here. But like <laughs> other than other than that, I don't really have an opinion. Like I dropped Malik Smith and he picked him up. That's cool, but I just I just can never like be against Lim after what he did last year. Like if you guys can remember, um, I forgot the freaking guy's name already. But when he when he was asked to tank again, uh, to tank the last week for him to make the playoffs, but he didn't do it anyway. So after that, I got to root for Lim. 
<laughs> well, and I just I just like the uh, idea of Lim being getting super hot for no reason. Yeah, just taking over some teams. Yeah. It's it's a fun story. Yeah, it really stresses up the season. Uh, although I will say, I mean, obviously props to Garth Newton on the win, and I think this could be the start of a maybe a little bit of a run for him because if you look at Garth Newton's upcoming schedule, he's got Wendy, then Richard Tillow, uh, then the All Star break, uh, and then uh, got uh, RKR, which is tougher, admittedly. But like the way he's built his team recently, now that he has Goldschmidt and Machado, uh, like I I think that he's definitely improved his team, and maybe he'll be able to move up. Obviously, he's it's too late for him to make the playoffs this year, but. He's positioning himself very well going forward, in my opinion. Lim is like my like dark horse slash like number one team to get that like Japanese pitcher that also hits. Because I think Lim could just drop his whole team and get that guy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. True. <laughs> go Lim. Uh, go Lim, indeed. A couple more matchups we can still talk about from Week 11 as we continue this wrap-up. Uh, speaking of Richard, uh, Richard 2.0, RKR, uh, as we like to call him, uh, he won again, uh, becoming the first team with double-digit wins on the season, 10-1. and 233.1 uh, points. Kaminsky uh, put up 163.8 to his defense. So uh, he falls below 500 again to 5-6. and six. Like I said, uh, Richard 2.0, RKR, is 10-1. Uh, and one. Uh, what are we thinking about this one? Uh, another week, uh, another sort of comeback win now uh, after that loss for uh, Richard and the the Bash brothers. Like to be honest, like I had hope for Kaminsky to kind of finally turn the season around, kind of beating you know a hot team like Richard. But man, he just he's like you guys said, he's just been like I don't know what's happening to like Kaminsky. Like I was a believer in that he was a top. I know he is injured and all, but still like show some effort at least but uh it's a good win on richard's part this is like classic richard score like barely enough points beat a team that like can't crack 200 it's like the formula he uses every week to win (laughs) and i just i don't know like i just feel like he's gonna get a really top seed like number two probably maybe even number one and he's gonna face like i don't know insert like mediocre team and they're gonna beat him in the first round and everyone's going to be like, wow, that's so shocking. But it's not shocking. Like, Richard's team is, like, not good. I mean, I think almost everyone has predicted that on this show every week. So I don't think it would be that shocking at this point. It might be more shocking if he does win in the first week of the playoffs. But, I mean, I, I think to give a little bit of credit to, to RKR, like, he's uh, in a situation now where he's got a team that can do a lot of things well. Like, if you look, his his batting and his pitching were almost tied this week. He's got a good rotation. He's got a bunch of above-average hitters. So, obviously, you know, there's still a lot of room for him to improve. And, based, like, he's not the top team, despite what the record would indicate. But I do think that he's done a good job of rounding out his team a little bit so that it is uh, pretty competitive and, and pretty balanced. Like, my issue is, I don't know if I would take his team over even, like, someone, say, like, your team, or, like, Ash's team. Like, these are, like, pretty, not mediocre, but, like, you guys wouldn't consider Ash's or Nick's team top five, right? Like, you guys are potential playoff teams, but... I mean, I'm number one. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, 
Okay, well, bring that, out the, that's when the horn should have came out, man. Yeah, like. I'm still practicing. We need like a proper engineer who can do the the board too. Right. right. <laughs> we just need someone who like is fearless with the horn, who just like does it whenever. <laughs> but like, my point that I'm trying to make is that like Richard's team. Although you can say it's well-rounded, I don't think it's particularly good at anything either. Like it's just adequate, you know. Like, like if you look yeah. at the, if you look at the names of Mike's team versus the name of Richard's team, you would think like blindly that Mike absolutely killed Richard. Sure, Sorry. but I mean, like it's at the end of the day. Well, it's about results to a certain extent, and you know he's getting those. But it's also a situation where, like this season, above average has been good enough. And there's enough people sort of mired in this 500 swamp that if, uh, you know, Richard has a team that's able to at least rise a little bit above it, like if you say a more realistic record for him would be like, uh, you know, 8-2 and two or 8-3 and three or 7-4 and four even, like that would still be pretty good, all things considered, at the current state of the league. So even with those lucky wins, like I, I still think he's okay. Well, he's, he has been winning like like... He's, no matter what the point total is, it's he's getting them Ws. I don't know how, but I'm gi- I'm giving him props. Like I faced him last week, his offense it could be really troublesome for some teams in the playoffs. But but I'm on Jeremiah's side where if I'm like just squeak squeaking by the playoffs, I would want to face Richard in the first round. This is yeah. like this is like that basketball thing a couple of years ago. I forget the exact scenario, but like the Raptors were angling to face a certain team right, that right. was like really shitty compared to their record like i think they were leading a division or something with a bad record like whoever's getting into the end of the playoffs like you should be shooting for that eight seed because like let's say you drew ryan like i would take richard over ryan any day of the week i don't know about you guys yeah there's there's no question about that (laughs) like out of the four division leaders currently i would take richard as the most favorable matchup yep absolutely so i think everyone would that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, he is in a position where, thanks to his record, he does have an opportunity to establish himself uh, a bit more and uh, really get things cooking in the the second half. Maybe make a couple trade deadline moves. Uh, now, uh, a second ago, uh, Jeremiah, you were uh, maybe not dumping on Ash's team, but you had some some feedback on him. Uh, I will point out he did win this week. Uh, he moved his record to seven seven and four uh, by putting up two hundred forty seven point nine points. Uh, Aiden only put up one hundred thirty five point nine points. Uh, so uh, a win for Ash, uh, moving up again. Uh, what are we What are we thinking about him now? Mm, I'll let you guys answer. I don't really. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It's kind of a like a meh stage where like yeah, he's been winning, but I don't know. Like he's he beat Aiden like the whole week the uh, matchup wasn't really close, so yeah I don't know have Ash has kind of been in that mediocre kind of stage for me I don't know about you guys. Well, Ash's team is the current Garth Newton Lucky Award recipient for fewest points against this year, and it's not particularly close. Like he has got two thousand one hundred and eighteen points dropped on him. And the next, like, lowest is 2,151. So, I mean, in a 10-week season, that's about 20 points average that Ash mm-hmm. is getting less than the second last place team. And if you look at his, like, his score, it's just, like, a perfect indicator. Like, 
135 points. Like, Ash could have benched some of his starts and still won. So. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's... It's just one of those... Like, when I see teams like that, I'm like, okay, they've gotten pretty lucky. They're not scoring, like, absurdly high. They're just beating teams that are having shit weeks. So... Yeah, although, I mean, if you look at sort of the overall arc of the season for Ash, like, it's been a situation where I think a lot of his low porn total is derived from the fact that he just has some absolute clunker weeks, like 145, 176, 175. Like, sometimes he just is terrible, uh, and that sort of drags down the overall average. But in the weeks he actually wins, he has an average, you know, well into the 200s, probably in the 240s, I think. So I, I do think it's, you know, maybe a little bit misleading just to focus on those stats. Yeah, he's been a little bit lucky, but I do think he has a, a good, potent team. Uh, and the, he's got a, a reason to, you know, have hope for the future. And, you know, maybe, yeah, yeah like, obviously he got lucky with this matchup with Aiden, uh, with Aiden looking absolutely terrible. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with Aiden either. Uh, I thought he was supposed to be gearing up for a big comeback. But, like, obviously the big problem for Ash is going to be his tough division with Ryan and Cam both in it. Uh, and so, uh, but I I mean, I don't think his team is necessarily all that terrible. Uh, well, well, do, sorry, I think, well, I think he should rebuild and Ash, give me Carlos Martinez and we call it a day, all right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is Ash, like, do you guys think, like, a one-and-done team if he makes the playoffs? I mean, Nick, you know all about this, right? Yeah, like, well, I was, gonna I was say. just about to say, like, I don't want to say anything because he's made upset once, so. <laughs> yeah, people said the exact same thing last season, and look what happened. So I'm, I'm not confident enough to predict anything. Ash is slippery as a, an eel in a washing machine, so uh, maybe he'll be able to get, a, get another one. These analogies, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I won't say anything because right now, like according to league standings, I'm projected to face him. So, ooh, um, oh, wouldn't that be fun? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> I'll I'll shit talk him and then he'll drop like 400 points. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, though, I mean, does anyone want to address the Aiden situation a little bit more? Because like I do think he's a team that's been up and down like a yo-yo this season, and I'm not sure what you guys think of him now. I uh, didn't really have much to think about. Of like, I did, I wasn't really a believer of him, like kind of being on this like turn turnaround season or like bounce back season, like you guys been saying the last couple of weeks. But yeah, kind of been expecting this from like he has his he has a team that's built where he's really either really hot, which I took that firsthand. I took an L against him, but he could also be a team that could go really cold and put up one thirty five point nine like he did. So. Like, at the beginning of the year, I don't even think I had Aiden in the top 10 in yeah. the power, in the rankings. And, like, I was very shocked when he, like, took a, a bunch of wins and we were taking him very seriously. Like, when you're playing Tommy Pham on the regular, like, your team is not playoff worthy. And, like, Josh Reddick, like, he has – his offense put up 20 points the whole week. Like, yeah, some of that's bad luck, but, like, Michael Conforto's coming back to earth. Neil Walker's hurt. Jed Jerko's like pretty mediocre. Like this is kind of what we, what a lot of people thought was going to happen. It just took longer to happen, you know. Yeah. 
like you saying that his offense put up 20 points is just so it's sad <laughs> no it's just no it's frustrating because he his offense when i faced him put up almost like 200 itself so i was just like why <laughs> yeah but like i don't know like mark reynolds like dude does anyone think mark reynolds is gonna be like mvp level the rest of the year like no no one thought that right like Sure, Alex Bregman's been kind of shitty and, and okay, but, like, it seems just met to me. Like, when I look at his team, he, he's got a lot of assets he can sell off, a lot of bullpen pieces, and maybe he should consider doing that. Yeah, I mean, I do think you have a point. Uh, he also has some starting pitching assets that he could move, and so uh, you're right that he's got some movable assets. And, yeah, I just think it's it's an unfortunate situation for Aiden. Because a couple weeks ago, he definitely was looking in better shape than he is now. But, uh, you know, maybe it's an opportunity, and he'll be able to come back even stronger next year. Optimism, I like that. <laughs> uh, we got two more matchups just to run through here from last week. Uh, the first, uh, I guess I'll save the best for last and uh, do Wes versus Jatish, uh, where Wes was the winner, uh, 230.7 points to 147.6 points for Jatish. Uh, both teams now 3-8, and eight, uh, but obviously very near the bottom of the standings. Uh, any strong takeaways coming out of this one for either of you guys? A lot of, a lot of feelings about these teams? No, nothing really. <laughs> yeah, I mean... West doesn't manage his team, and he's still got a W, so that's cool. <laughs> you don't need to check your rosters, people. Just set them once a week, and you're golden. But, uh, no, I don't know. I feel bad for Jatish, but like he has a plan in place, I'm sure. Well, I know West took the W, but we all know that Jatish at least has a sense of direction, right? So not- nothing really to be sad about on his part. What's his direction? Well, I meant like he has, like he's managing an actual team, like unlike Wes, and he has some young players. So at least he's trying to do something. The the problem I think in like a twenty team league though is like if you're gonna rebuild, especially in our league, it's gonna take a long motherfucking time. Like, and and when like guys like Jock Peterson, Peterson, whatever, don't be become like players you think they are, it like cripples you, right? Like. You don't think so? You don't think, like, when you pay a lot for a young player and he, he busts, you know, like it cripples teams because there's not that much depth on the waiver wire or prospects to pick up? Yeah, I could definitely see your point there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not so sure it cripples them, but, like, there's a lot of eggs in that Jock Peterson basket, and it, it's hard to be able to adjust after that and to keep moving forward. I do think Jatish is kind of in a, a bad situation right now. <sighs> like, he took an expansion team, so we can't, like, shit on him too hard, but he's just not... He's just in a bad way, I think. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, like, uh, in a sense of, like, which... If you guys were to own either of these, like, teams, who, who would you rather have? Like, West's team right now, who's, like, all injured pitchers, nobody really reliable, or Jatish's team, who has young pieces and has, like, Robbie Ray, who's been really on fire. I would take West's team because Noah Syndergaard is better than anyone on Jatish's team, and that's just my take. Like, all you do is you just – if you're West, you wait for those pitchers to heal up, 
And then if you like want to rebuild or like reload or do whatever, then like you could sell off like Cespedes, uh, Betts, like Trumbo, Lemayhu, Price, everybody, right? Like you could sell off everyone except for Syndergaard and still be all right, you know? Yeah. Like on Jadish's team, who would you sell? Maybe. Yeah, and he doesn't really have the big names like West does so like like Miguel Sano you're keeping right like that's his best player and you're keeping Miguel Sano right it's just like like I know Thor is like amazing and all but like at this point like that and like you you owned him firsthand so like that injury is always going to be there so I don't know (sighs) the problem with Thor is like just the way he throws so hard like I feel like this was like an inevitability right so Mm -hmm. but he's also kind of stupid for not taking an MRI. So. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I think I would rather West's team. I just think that if we get a new GM to manage West's team in the future, like, they'll be a lot better off. I think you'd see better results. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's all true. Uh, well, we've got one final matchup from Week 11 just to talk about, uh, plug it in at the end. Uh, and it's our good friend Jamil's matchup. And Jamil, you did win again, uh, so congratulations to you. Uh, 271.7 points. Richard Tillo only had 162.3. Uh, how does it feel? Does it feel like a good win? Well, like like I said last week, I thought it was going to be really close because Richard's been putting up high point totals, but he he put up like 162, which was kind of disappointing. I kind of wanted to be more competitive, but I'll take the W. I was expecting the view, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at eight and three right now. I didn't really, to be honest, didn't expect the season for me to start eight and three, but I'll take it. How about that disrespect though? Not even seven starts. Didn't even feel the need to add seven starts. He had one matchup acquisition. He's like, fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, who murdered Seth Rich? It's me motherfuckers. And then he didn't didn't even add a seventh guy. Like, like in the beginning of the week, I literally, I was thinking about who to pick up and who to kind of line my starts. But as probably past Wednesday, Thursday, I just didn't feel the need to. So that's like, code. That's code for Richard was so shit. I didn't think I needed seven starts. <laughs> How much did I have? Like, I think six, five or six. But like, <laughs> I was worried about you know Judge being a mo- like having another monster week. But he was fair. I was lucky that he was fairly quiet. I did. I'll. I'll give Richard some credit. Like he didn't have Lance McCullers literally go down for him in the beginning of our matchup, and then you Judge, you know, had a not so cool, uh, hot week. But yeah, I'll take two seventy one. I kind of. I was on pace to go at least three hundred, but the last two days wasn't so great for me. But like, like Jeremiah said, like I didn't really need many starts. So you gotta put the hammer down. You gotta like. I dropped nine starts on Wendy. I don't care. <laughs> three fifty five, baby. <laughs> Needed all fifty, all three fifty five. Okay. And no mercy. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have those like points for us. So when we go to the stats, we can be like, that guy's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say that uh, I'm happy that my offense is finally like all together, kind of hitting well. Like Jose Abreu is was the best player, best hitter of the week with thirty six points. And guys like Evan Longoria is kind of like putting up high point totals here and there. 
Uh, I'll say I'm still disappointed with like the way Luke Roy's been playing and maybe Diaz, but I'll take the other guys who's been playing well. Ian Desmond's been he hitting like like he should be, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Well, I, I just like this image of Jamil trying to lift his foot off the gas pedal, being like, I'll ease into the finish line, but he just can't because his team's too good. <laughs> he can't, can't not score points. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, if it was any other team, like, you know, like, maybe, like, Chow, yeah, whatever, I'll put the hammer down, but it's, you know, it's Richard, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that's that's sportsmanship, I think. That's, that's what you like to see. <laughs> Uh, Richard's team obviously just bereft with injuries and suspensions and everything going wrong for him right now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I guess if no one else has anything to say, that's going to do it for our Week 11 recap. Hard to believe it's 11 weeks down. It feels like time's really flying these days. Uh, we can get into the preview for uh, for Week 12 right now. Uh, although, I mean, I'm happy to take an intermission and talk some trade stuff for a little bit. Uh, we don't really have any major trades to break this week, though. I mean, there hasn't been a, a whole lot of activity since we last recorded one of these. Yeah, but maybe that's something to talk about. Like, what's going on? Why? Yeah. Uh, well, see, uh, and that's what I was going to talk about, is uh, I was having a, a little bit of a trade conversation with another anonymous general manager, oh, uh, and it didn't really go anywhere. But the, the point that this other individual was making was that they think the trade market has really cooled off because there have been a lot of trades like so far this season and at the tail end of last season where even though it looked fair initially, it ended with one person like really losing and one person really heavily winning. Uh, and they think that that's really put the scare into some of these, uh, some of these teams and that GMs are playing it a little more conservative because they've seen uh, things go really wrong for some of the other teams in this league. And I was just curious to get a, a different sense on how much you guys agree or disagree with that sentiment. You can go, go, go Jeremiah. That's a terrible take. <laughs> Ooh. Like, like that's the worst thing I've heard. Like you're not going to make a trade because you're afraid you might lose down the road. That's why you're not winning the title. That's why whoever you're talking to is terrible. <laughs> like... Whoever you talk to, you were probably trying to get like win now pieces off of their shit roster. So, <laughs> and that's not that's not me trying to be like a dick, but like if you act that way, you're never gonna win. Like the teams that win make bold moves; they're not afraid to lose a trade. Yeah, like you can't like Paul Goldschmidt is gonna be good for like forever, right? But Gar Duden didn't give a shit. He didn't care about the assets he was giving up. He cared about the player he was getting and you got to look at the player you're getting sure in relation to the players you're giving up but you can't just be like not make a move and say i'm not going to trade this player even though i like the deal that i'm getting like there's some deals you get where you're like i don't love this deal but i like it and you're not going to do that because you're afraid you might lose down the road so you're just not going to trade so the league just becomes dead because people are afraid to lose now, that could also be because of Slack, too, right? Like, people put such a premium on winning and losing trades and ridiculing each other in Slack, right? But, mm. well, but see, I don't think it's so much that. It's just the sense that, like, even if you go into a trade and you, and you sort of look it over and you say, you know, this looks fair, it looks like it helps my team. Like, there's a very, you know, I mean, baseball's always unpredictable. 
but it just feels like this year there are so many teams where you make a trade and then, oh, everybody's hurt. Or you make a trade and, oh, this guy got sent to the minors and this guy isn't playing well at all. And so I think like in it's sort of a better-the-devil-you-know situation for a lot of teams, which I think you're right, is not a very adventurous way to live, and it's not the kind of attitude that wins championships. But uh, I think a lot of teams are just trying to really play it conservative right now. And maybe that opens up a little bit more before the trade deadline. But right now, I think there's just so much pressure to stay competitive that there's not as much com- uh, pressure to sort of make a big leap forward. Well, yeah, I would have to take Jeremiah's side where, like, if you're not, like, bold enough to take risks or, like, you know, be confident in your trade making processes like you're not gonna go anywhere in the league like you're just gonna stay where you are right so everyone's gotta gamble once here once in a while like everyone's gonna have that trade with a you regret but if you don't take any chances then i don't know you you're kind of going nowhere and i i do think that trading is like one of the best things in the league like i think a lot of people would agree they're like talking to other GMs about players and like getting analysis from from fellow GMs is like some of the most fun things you can do in the league, right? Like, I don't know about you guys, but I spent and have spent like hours upon hours doing it because I like it. I wouldn't be doing it for hours upon hours if I didn't really like it. And I wouldn't be in the league if I didn't really like it. So to me, it's one of the best things you can do. So if people are going to kind of just shut down shop and, and not uh, not talk to you, then like it kind of takes away some of the fun of the league, too. Yeah. Uh, there, there you go. That's the PSA for the week. <laughs> I mean, just, just get out there. Uh, try, you know. Like dating. You can only be rejected for your acne so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, some good love advice there too. Fuck. Love and baseball, a lot in common. <laughs> Where's that ballpark sound? Like. <laughs> yeah, just there you go. Charge. Yeah, just <laughs> uh, that's jokes. <laughs> uh, well, to to quote the best teacher I know, you got to take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. So, you know, in life and in love and in fantasy baseball. Was that the magic school bus? That was the magic school bus. Yes. Wow. Miss Frizzle is a very good teacher. <laughs> that's fair. I have no qualms. I just that's a throwback reference. Oh, absolutely. Well, they're bringing the show back, eh? A what? Really? Yeah, no, on Netflix. <laughs> oh, no. oh I, thought you, I thought you meant like yeah, like they're rebooting it or like bringing it back, back. <laughs> no, like like it's a reboot on net on Netflix, like oh, a Netflix that. original. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I I always think of the episode where they went inside like someone and like they explored yeah. the human anatomy. <laughs> yeah, Garth McInnes, we or Garth Newton, we know you watch that shit at like ten. It's fine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, no disrespect. I do it too. I'll watch it now. Oh, it's, it's a great show. Yeah, absolutely. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh. Man, we should just like expand this podcast. Talk about like TV, like life, yeah, <laughs> life, love, wrestling, everything. Just <laughs> just pour it all in here. I'd be okay with that. That'd be awesome. I don't think it, no one would listen, but I'd be okay with it. <laughs> we'd just be talking to each other and then listen to ourselves. 
I'd be alright with it though. Yeah, we could just really broaden the scope. Well, for the All Star break, we could do that, right? Like the Community Shield week, we could do that. Oh, true. Because people will be tired of our like shitty takes on baseball. Yeah, nobody wants to hear this. So we could just <laughs> we just fill in with like real life takes on things. Nice. I like it. Sounds like. Uh, yeah. yeah. Really expand Flex Fox broadcasting. Uh, we got to get back into it though. I want to go to bed. Okay. So let's uh, let's power through the matchups yeah, that we can. has been yawning a couple times, so. Yeah, I gotta get up at six thirty. Uh, we all like give up so much sleep to do this show. We're the real heroes. And then we just get ripped apart in the content section of Slack. Yeah. Every single week. I mean, you know, whatever happened. We the real MVPs, and we still get shits. You know. Well, everyone thinks they can do it better, but no one even tries. So, uh, like, come at me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Like throw it down. I I honestly I would love to have a rival show that was like the show that happens every week, that was like Flex Cam and Jatish just ripping on us. Like bring it on. And together they have like what one championship? Oh wait wait wait. <laughs> That's right. In this panel we got two championships. So I still have zero, but. <laughs> <laughs> But he's very supportive of his friends. Yeah, just riding coattails, baby. (laughs) (laughs) One in each hand. Uh, Uh, Speaking of riding coattails, Jeremiah, it looks like you're going to ride those coattails all the way to number one uh, because you're beating Flex really easily easily on this Monday. Uh, You have 50.8 points, and he only has 28 points. Uh, How are you feeling about such an important matchup? I don't want to count my eggs chickens before they hatch i don't remember the saying but i don't want to get ahead of myself i want to see what happens but i am very excited with the with the lead so far offense is still on fire boys like that building in britain it's still burning oh he went there (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, you had a a big night from a couple guys you had a a great start at a garrett cole uh so that i mean that's big for you uh jose ramirez points cody bellinger like you mentioned big point so uh yeah it should be i mean obviously it's an exciting matchup considering the records of the two teams involved uh how are you looking on starts do you think you're gonna hit that seven game max i will it's just like my starts don't line up very well so i feel like i'm only gonna get seven or eight starts which is kind of upsetting like i had three lined up thursday and i was just gonna load thursday up but some of my guys got shifted around so it, we'll have to see. It'll just be. I think it'll just be, come out to offense. Like on a week like that, where both teams get seven or eight starts each, it just comes down to how well your bats perform. I think. Mm-hmm. So, pull for me, guys. I think like usually when like when you put up like three fifty five like that, like last week, it kind of drags out for like another week. So I, I would take, I would take Jeremiah, probably with a close. Like, you know, it'll be a close matchup, but you at the end of the week, I think you'll pull out the W. And uh, like like you said, the team, your offense has been really crazy hot. Like, it just pisses me off. Every, it does, it's happened, <laughs> it's happened every time I make a trade where I trade, like, an offensive player. Like, I've given you Yasuo Puig, and now he's hitting out, like, two bombs a game or something. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just funny enough how baseball works, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, not playing tonight, so. Like, like Lorenzo Kane is... All of a sudden, like the hottest hitter, like for Kansas City, like it's just funny. So, <laughs> like, you know, like right after I, I give them away, but you know that's yeah. what happens. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> the way it goes, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that I would probably take you to win this one, Jeremiah. Uh, I don't think Flex is going to have a great start. With uh, it, like it's not a great week for his starting pitchers either, so that's not going to give him a huge advantage. And I think on offense right now, your your guys are cooking, so you've got a, an edge there, and that'll be all the difference. I got the weekly show boost too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, making a. I mean, you did have a one week absence, so this counts as a triumphant return. Yeah, uh, that always helps. Uh, let's talk about two other teams doing very well this early in the week. Uh, we got Kaminsky against Garth McInnes. Uh, both teams obviously looking for uh, a win after uh, disappointing losses last week. Kaminsky uh, has 47.5 points. Garth McInnes, 41.9 points. So not too far behind there. Uh, who are you guys liking this one? I don't I'm know. Go Kaminsky. I'm going to go Kaminsky. Like, Garth McInnes is only even close to Kaminsky because he got 30 points from Corey Kluber. Kluber, yeah. Like a complete game. So, like, how often does that happen even from Kluber? So, I'll go Kaminsky. I think he'll win. Just like every week, I'm trying to pick Kaminsky to win, but he hasn't been doing it. So, I'm going to go opposite and go Garth. If Kaminsky loses, though, and goes to 5-7, and seven, like, is he done? Well, it's not looking good. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I'd put him as done-done, but he definitely needs to get things together in a hurry. Uh, and I think I'm also going to take Garth McInnes as a, a little bit of an upset special. I mean, obviously he's had some good luck tonight, but that, that can be a difference maker. And, like, Mike Trout's still out, Michael Brantley on the DL now. Like, uh, Kaminsky just doesn't have the, the ship together right now, and so I think that Garth McInnes will be able to maybe squeak out a victory. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, McInnes on this one. Uh, speaking of McInnes is the other one uh, Cam McInnes is up against you Jamil uh, and right now he has the lead 38.1 points uh, 17.9 for Jamil uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on this one you think you can beat him uh, after his two recent losses um, I'm off to a slow start against him today but I'm still kind of confident I, he's kind of on a two mini game, two game slide, but I think I could keep that up to three games now. But my the way my starts line up, it's looking good. Uh, I have hopefully a bounce back start from Felix Hernandez, who's going to be activated Friday. So by the way I set it up, it's gonna I'm gonna have ten starts. So hopefully that works out in my favor. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that'll be pretty good. A good ten starts. So uh, obviously keeping pace with Cam on that one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't like Cam very much right now. We're kind of doing a feud, so of course I'll pick against him. Jamil, you got this, baby. All right. <laughs> I got You know what? I'm going to go Jamil, too. Why not? Let's all hop on. Yes. Hop on the board. <laughs> it's unanimous, then. It's definitely yours, Jamil. Don't even bother. You can rest your pitchers already. Like I did last week. Exactly. Save them. Save their arms. <laughs> Well, I'll do say it. It'll be tough, though. Like I, I am a believer that Cam's team is really it's good. Like I wasn't at first, but I, I can say that his team is his team is really good. But I, I, I'm confident still that I can still come up with a W. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so after a narrow escape last week for Jeffrey Chow, uh, he won very narrowly. Uh, Ash, meanwhile, was able to win, although. Uh, 
Don't know how much faith we're putting in that win. Uh, and now the two of them are playing each other here in Week 12. Uh, after one day of competition, Ash has 23.1 points. League champion Jeffrey Chow has 12.7 points. Uh, who are we like in this one? I'm gonna go Chow. I I just think that he's like he's won two in a row. He's on a roll, and I think it's time for Ash to put up a sub 200 performance. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Chow. Like Chow's team is like kind of like they're all getting healthy now. Like Donaldson's back, and uh, I think he's getting Mitch Haniger back as well. So I'm gonna go Chow, unfortunately, and like like Jeremiah said, I think Ash is gonna go below. Like, you know, low 200s again, so I'm going to go with Chow. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go against Ash because he seems to do a good job of proving that Doughty's wrong. Uh, But I do think that Chow has been on a a bit of a mini hot streak lately. He's had good point totals the past two weeks, so that could definitely continue going into this week. Uh, I think Ash has maybe not struggled, obviously, but he's had a a little bit of difficulty. And so, yeah, I I do think that Chow will be able to uh, pick up a W in this one. Uh, so moving on once again uh, we've got another interesting matchup here uh, between Chris Kennedy and Wes uh, Chris Kennedy uh, of, of course the, the loser in that narrow matchup uh, against Chow uh, and he's clearly looking for revenge because he has 43.1 points uh, Wes has 5.2 points now uh, I think it's safe to say Chris in this one right guys not, not a lot of faith in Wes to uh, be able to win yeah, I'm on Chris's side. Yeah, it's probably not going to be close. I mean, Wes has done a, a good job of sneaking some stuff out lately, but uh, considering that almost every batter on his team lost in points tonight, uh, I'm not so sure I would be confident if I were him. So I'll go with Chris Kennedy. Chris Kennedy can uh, get a much-deserved much win after what happened last week. I'll say, though, with Chris, just been spe- uh, speaking with him on Slack recently, he's a... He's a really funny guy, so like, uh, I'll be rooting for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, lots to like about him as one of the the crops of new owners. Uh, maybe we'll get a chance to know him better soon. <laughs> that plug. <laughs> well, little teaser, little little sprinkle. Uh, <laughs> uh, another team that's had a good start to the week is Jathish, Strangely enough. Uh, putting up 43.9 points, uh, whereas Ian only has 11.7 points. Uh, I know we were just ripping on Jathisha's team and talking about how we wouldn't want to have it, but, I mean, could he, could he get another W in this one? Yeah, I mean, it's a winnable matchup for him. Like, Ian's rebuilding, he's rebuilding, and I like Jathisha's rebuild better than I like Ian's. So, vote for Kozart. It's not getting my vote, so I'm going to go with <laughs> Jathish. <laughs> I do like that logo, though. The vote for Cozart, uh, it's incredible. Uh, sadly, I, I think that Jatish might have a... Just the early edge might be enough. Well, no. you know, See, I'm talking myself out of this pick as I make it. And I, well, I mean, Jatish is just... Uh, you know, he's he's got some issues with his team. So even an early jump might not be enough to sustain him. So I'm, I'm going to flip already and go the other way and say that even with Zach Wheeler putting up a huge negative total tonight... That uh, Ian Kennedy or sorry, Ian Stadelman is uh, still going to be the winner. Oh man, 
Okay, so do I vote for Cozart or trust the process? I don't know. Okay, so I have a I have a cool okay. idea. Just to interrupt this. Why don't we vote on these matchups on ESPN? Oh, true. And then like, because no one else votes for them, and if we just vote for them, then we could be like, oh yeah. This is <laughs> well, but I'm now you said it on the podcast, so everyone's gonna know. Nah, everyone's too lazy. They won't do it. Hey, if you're listening, don't fuck up this shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, well then I'm I'm going in and I'm voting for Ian. Yeah, I voted for Jathish. Uh, just because he's on a good start, I'm just gonna pick Jathish. Uh, another matchup of some note is uh, Ryan, uh, who is uh, obviously stronger than ever after that big win against Cam, going up against Richard Tillo. Uh, Ryan, 37 points, uh, Richard 1.0, Richard T, uh, 22.3 points. Uh, what are what are we thinking? You, you think that Ryan is going to win yet another matchup? Um, You know what? I, I He should win, but I'm going to take Richard Tillo for the upset this week. Wow. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know why. I don't even have a reason. I just feel like Richard <laughs> is one of those teams that, like, can outperform your expectations on a weekly basis. And he's six and five, which is like way better than I would have thought he would have been. So I'm going to go with Richard Tilla. Betraying the mad King. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think it's impossible to see an upset, but I think just like Ryan is so hot right now and he's got, you know, a really good team and top to bottom. It's, uh, it's hard to, for me to predict him winning in any week. So I think I've got to take him again here. And, uh, yeah, and just say, I mean, I'm looking at it now. He's on an eight-win streak to get to nine and two. You guys remember when he was like one and two and losing his mind? Yeah, it was, it was a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Like, why are you losing your mind over one and two? Like, your your team is stacked still. So. Yeah, he should have blown it up right then and there. Yeah, exactly. You should have convinced him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I'm still, like, I can't be as bold as you, Jeremiah. Like, as much as I'd like to see an upset, I still am going to go with the hot team. And <laughs> I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the king. He's the LeBron of this league, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's And just like LeBron, it's all about him. Yeah. <laughs> just such an ego on that Ryan guy. I, I don't know what it is. The narcissism, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone vandalized his house. <laughs> Maybe Lim will. I don't know. <laughs> One day Ryan's gonna answer the phone, and it's just gonna be like the call is coming from within the house, and it's Lim. <laughs> Speaking of Lim inside Ryan's house, um... <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I gotta get it. I gotta get it. <laughs> Worth. Uh, yeah, Lim is. Up in Aiden's house right now, vandalizing it. Uh, <laughs> currently losing, though. Point <laughs> three to 4.7, because he's not at his computer managing his roster. Um, vandalizing it with a shit performance, maybe. <laughs> yeah. do, we like, uh, do we like Aiden, or do we like Lim? 
Uh, Aiden's had like such unfor. I mean, I don't know if it's bad luck or bad performance, but like, I mean, Aiden, if you're listening, like, I'll, I'll just say it. Like, Aiden is a, a special guest I'd love to have on soon just to talk about the state of his team, because uh, I I can't make heads or tails of what's going on. But uh, assuming that it's just bad luck and he deserves a win, I'm going to say that this is his time to get it. And you know, Jeffrey Lim is not as hot as he once was, so uh, maybe Aiden will take advantage of him cooling off a bit. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Aiden as well. Aiden, come on the show. We'll provide the glass of milk, and uh, we'll see you there. Well, I'm going to be different and go that Lim will finally like get on his computer and fully vandalize Aiden's house. <laughs> <laughs> Just for shits. Truly. Yeah. Uh, last two matchups here. Uh, we got Garth Newton, uh, 26.7 points uh, against Wendy, who has negative 4.1. Never never really the way you want to start the week in the hole. So uh, well, what are we thinking about this one? How the hell did Ari Dickey get 21 points? <laughs> San Francisco is so shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's an odd, it's an odd year, though, so like it's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Garth. I mean, his team probably should get the W here. He's got some really good players, so I'll go Garth. Yeah, yeah. I'll go Garth. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Garth. Uh, I think Wendy is definitely due to have a second win sometime this season, uh, and she's been over two hundred points the past two weeks. So she's you know maybe moving in a bit of a, a positive direction. But yeah, I, I think Garth Newton has this one pretty pretty handedly. But just and, just quickly though, what do you guys think of uh, Garth though? All of a sudden, like midseason, kind of getting all these type of players. See, I I kind of like it. I think he's been able to get some really good guys from below market value, and I mean, obviously, it's a, a switch up to his strategy a little bit. But you know, there's nothing wrong with getting talented players. Yeah, and I mean, I think next year he's going to be a lot better once he makes a few off season moves and settles his keeper situation a bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I'll say it is definitely interesting. Like, um, I didn't really peg him to get guys like Goldsmith, guys like you know Chris Davis and Carlos Gonzalez. Like, I thought he was kind of, kind of waited out, but it's definitely a good switch up. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, uh, you got to give him props for being flexible, because I, I think it would have been a lot of teams, uh, easy for a lot of teams in that position to just say, oh, no, I'm rebuilding. I don't want to move any of my guys, especially not a good young guy. But he was bold enough to do, and uh, fortune favors the bold. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, one last matchup to talk about, uh, and I, I've saved myself for last because I'm that humble. Uh, and uh, I, I have the edge right now over, I'm playing Richard uh, 2.0 RKR. I have 11.5 points. He has 8.4 points. So uh, a, a close, a, a real defensive struggle, one might say. Uh, I guess I'll let you guys go first on this one, and then I can sort of give my take at the end. As much as it like pains me to say this, I think Nick is going to win. Just because like <laughs> Nick's been putting up like good point totals that made to upper 200s. And RKR seems to be that team that does not put up upper to... Like, Nick has the point totals RKR should have. Um, so I think if Nick can get to the mid or upper 200s again, the matchup's his to lose. Yeah, this one... Let's see. Like, 
Justin Smoke is just like, who would have thought this guy would have 20 home runs this early into the season? So, uh, like, I am, like I, like I said last week, I am shocked that Nick's team, like, is already over 500 at that fast. So, can he keep it up? As much as, you know, Nick's a buddy, but I, I'm going to go with Richard. Just, just, I think he just has a way, has a knack for just pulling out W's, like, in a kind of, weird way you know i mean i obviously i believe in myself and i believe i'm gonna win this matchup but i think jamil does have a point uh like rkr has made just uh, his hallmark is winning in unusual circumstances and i think this could be a continuation of that trend uh on the basis that like my my punishment for having 11 starts last week is that i'm not gonna have more than you know eight starts maybe nine this week so uh, it'll be a, a, a little bit of luck needed. I can't really afford to have uh, any really terrible starts uh, like I got last week. So hopefully my guys are able to be a, a little bit more consistent, a little more solid. So uh, some of my guys are really hot right now, uh, and that's going to help out. That's going to really work in my favor. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it, uh, there's a good chance it could go either way, but I'm obviously going to pick myself because I'm a true believer. <laughs> And uh, I think that'll about do it for uh, this episode. We got all the Week 12 matchups. Uh, anything you guys want to say to uh, sort of end this uh, episode? Uh, well, I just can't believe it's already, what, Week we're at week 12. We're almost All-Star. Yeah, almost at the All-Star break. So it's been it's been a crazy season so far. So that's that's it's been fun. I mean, sort of on a, a more technical note, I would say that I obviously I'm glad that it's the original squad uh, back together for this episode. I know we've had a lot of great guest stars in the past couple of weeks, and I appreciate all of them, and I thank all of them for uh, coming out and being able to be on this show with us. But having the original threesome obviously feels really good to have that back together. Uh, and I think I can say this now that we're at the end of the episode. We did not have a single technical glitch this time. Uh, and that's the first time I've been able to say that in a long while. So hopefully, <laughs> if you're listening to this now, you're hearing some good, crisp audio that uh, is much better than anything you've heard in the last little bit. It's the no sound effects. No, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great bonus to the already awesome show, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, on that note, I think I'm going to play us out uh, and allow me to say to everyone, once again, good night and good fantasy.